Welcome back, everyone, to the Distractaholics podcast. I'm Morgan. I'm Tyler. And today we are discussing the movie Pan's Labyrinth. This was Tyler's first time watching this movie. It was not my first time watching. Um, I don't... Below? Above or below 10? Uh, I think maybe below, but barely. My sister and I used to watch it quite a bit. I'm trying to think of when this... When did this come out? Do you have it? 2006. I think that's probably around the time that I watched it. Really? Uh So I... I, Like, everyone's always said Pain's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) And then I watched it, and we're going to talk about it. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen the movie and you want to watch it, please stop now and watch it before continuing on because there will be spoilers. And then come back, please. Yes. Come back and give us a listen. And if you like what you are hearing, make sure that you subscribe um, on YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can catch us on Podbean and um, check out our website at distractaholics.com and uh, give us some feedback, some input at our Gmail. Distractaholics at gmail.com. All right. And let's, let's get started. Okay. Morgan, you're going to hit us with a summary? Yes, I am. And as always, our summary is coming from IMDb. In Spain of 1944, the bookish young stepdaughter of a sadistic army officer escapes into an eerie but captivating fantasy world. I think eerie is kind of putting it gently. (laughs) Oh, man. Ooh, the monsters. It's a little... I think it's a little more than eerie. Guillermo del Toro is famous for like Hellboy, The Shape of Water, and that 2004 Hellboy, I still remember watching that like the first time I ever watched it and like Hellboy and I'm sorry, I forget the characters names, but the the water guy, those characters are so cool and that's partially because of Guillermo del Toro. I've never seen Hellboy. (gasps) How? Oh, that, um, that's what we're watching next. Okay. (laughs) All right, we can it's do, been decided. We can do that. That's fine. Yeah, I've, um, I've never it's, seen it. It's actually one of my f- favorite movies, I think. Especially monster movies and fantasy movies. I I think Hellboy is awesome. All right, I'm intrigued. So I wanted to quick touch on this while we're talking about Guillermo. Um, so the actual Spanish and original title is... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill this... <laughs> My Spanish is not great. Um, El Labyrinto del Fauno. Yep, it's Labyrinth of the Fawn. Yes. So, th- the f- it's talking about a fawn, which is different than Pan. Um, yes, I thought it was going to be about, I thought it was going to be the god, the god Pan. Pan. Yeah, so what I found on Wikipedia was that del toro stated that he considers the story to be a parable or fable that um it actually addresses themes similar to one of his earlier films called the devil's backbone that Hmm. actually takes place during the spanish civil war um so the spanish title is just referring to the fawn that we see in the um 
movie and then the english german and french titles are referring to pan but the font in the film is um he clearly stated that it's not pan so i i think it's interesting that they changed it to pan's labyrinth instead of like fawn's labyrinth or something labyrinth it didn't make any sense right because it's not actually about pan so i i thought that was interesting that they when they changed the title they kind of made it to something unrelated although Oftentimes, Pan is depicted as a fawn. It's like Pan is a fawn, but not all fawns are Pan, you know, kind of like squares, rectangles, that sort of thing. I see. I crack myself up sometimes. <laughs> did you did you read in the fun facts that no. this movie almost didn't happen? No, I actually didn't get to any of the fun facts, so I'm ready for you to wow me. So, so I guess Guillermo del Toro had all, I guess he's a meticulous note taker. And he, he had this whole movie written out in a notebook, and he left it in a taxi. And luckily, the taxi driver returned it, and he took that as some kind of sign that he must make this movie. And I read somewhere, didn't know if it was true or not, that he actually didn't make any money from this movie. He gave up all his royalty rights and his and his like pay and his salary to make the movie, to make it happen, because he, tur- he kept turning down all these big Hollywood studios who wanted it done in English. He wanted to keep it authentic to the story that he was writing so i thought that was pretty cool that's and i think this was actually one of my first movies that i watched with english subtitles um i don't remember ever watching a foreign movie with that wasn't like dubbed or anything Mm -hmm. before this one so i think this was my first full subtitles movie which isn't a big deal for me because i always have the subtitles on even when it's in English, so I I really didn't mind it. I know a lot of people won't watch it, uh, my husband included, because of the subtitles. And you you really weren't too thrilled to watch it because of the subtitles, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm never anti watching a movie just because of the subtitles. It's just I like to do multiple things when I watch a movie. So when I have to watch the subtitles, I have to actually like get into the movie, and I can't do anything else. Not always a bad thing. But I like to multitask if I can. Yeah, you really have to focus. And that's, I found myself pausing a lot because Mm -hmm. um, I would be walking out of the room and coming back and then realizing that I needed to actually be paying more attention. Even though I've seen it multiple times, I wanted to get the whole effect of actually watching it again. So, did you know that they actually dubbed this movie anyways? They did? Yeah, so I guess there was a problem. Uh, so the the stunt guy that's in the suit, um, he didn't speak Spanish, and they had a linguist actually teaching him a name. But I guess because of all the motors and the the monster, I get I think he was both monsters. Uh, I guess the fawn's not a the monster fawn, okay. per se, and, and the and pale he man. Was the... And I guess the suit was so loud that they couldn't really understand, so they ended up dubbing it anyways. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, should we go over characters? We haven't gone over characters. Um, yeah, I don't think we should definitely talk about the characters. We're not going to know any of the act, really the actors from no, much. But. No, So really the main characters you have are Ophelia, which is the little girl. Ophelia slash Princess Moana. Uh, Mercedes, Carmen, the captain, and the doctor. I mean, I feel like those are, and the fawn. Slash Pale Man, of course. But do you are there any other characters that you think are that no, important? That's, that's basically it. <laughs> um, so right away we're introduced to Ophelia and her mother Carmen, and we 
see that Carmen is very, very pregnant. They're traveling through this wooded area. In Rolls Royces, I noticed. <laughs> of course you did. And um, Carmen is so ill from the pregnancy that they need to stop multiple times because mm -hmm. um, she needs a second to throw up or not throw up. Ophelia, while her mom is trying not to vomit all over the place. Mm -hmm. You have Jumanji in the background? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking I'm of so food. glad you picked up. I'm, I'm putting in at like, least one Random tidbits for me to find. Yes. So, <laughs> listeners, I'm going to put this in. I'm changing my background set. I'm putting in one thing every week, one little Easter egg for Morgan to find. <laughs> so I'm going to swap something in my background You've, that she, I okay. want her to to point out. But you switched a lot of your background I up did. this time. I did. So. I decided I was going to tell you at the end of the episode that I was going to start doing it. Okay. We are in the car. Ophelia and her mom, whose name I don't remember. I really only care about Ophelia here. Carmen. They're dry, They're coming in on the rolls, and they stop. And because I guess her mom's about to vom all over the place. Right. So mm -hmm. then Ophelia gets out. She sees this bug and follows the... Oh, no, 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 no. She sees a stone, right? Stone's in the middle of the the road she takes the road she sees this indiana jones tomb raider rock <laughs> puts the rock in and something comes out she says oh it's a fairy and i went that looks like a nasty ass bug do not let it bite you <laughs> i thought it kind of looked like a praying mantis almost but can i say something real quick what the, this is 2006 Mm -hmm. The CGI in this movie looks so good. Yeah, I was like, I was thinking when we get further into the movie, when she faces the toad, I'm like, um, I can't imagine if it was done now. Like, because for that time, it was really good. It, I think it's still good now. Yeah. Like, there were some of the scenes. So I'm going to stick on the CGI train for just a minute. Mm -hmm. You know that none of the explosions or the gunshots are real? Oh, really? They couldn't. According to, to, according to some... Uh, I can't remember if it was on Reddit or if it was a video I saw. Mm -hmm. They The area they were filming was experiencing an intense drought, so none of the explosions, all the gunshots are 100% fake. fake. Hmm. They're all CGI. Huh. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. See? The CGI in this movie is really good. Um, 2006. So, yeah, she calls this thing a fairy, and I'm looking at it. I'm a little creeped out, but, I mean, it's just a bug. It's not a snake, so I'm okay. So... Uh, they get back in the car and they head up to this lodge. Would you call it a lodge? It's kind fort. of, it's like a fort base type thing where you see like all these military people. Uh, so when they're pulling up, Carmen tells Ophelia that she needs to call him father, not captain, mm. because it'll make him happy. It'll make her happy. And so I'm like, well, this is our, like, that's kind of setting the stage for how the captain is going to be. And so as soon as she gets out, like, he doesn't even really look at her and, like, the amount of distress that she is in. He right away says they're 14 minutes late, and then he sees her belly, and he just gets, like, all overly aggressive and obsessed with her stomach, and it creeped me out. <laughs> we see this amazing stone structure. And Ophelia, because she has no care in the world, just goes running off right away into this new uncharted territory mm -hmm. and starts exploring. And the stone structure is amazing. And we come to find that this is the labyrinth. Okay, Mercedes stops her from going into the labyrinth. I, want, I wanted to stop real quick because that's when we're first really introduced to Mercedes. And yes. the thought that I was thinking 
as the movie went on, I, I want to ask you if, if you would agree with this. I feel like Mercedes is kind of the symbolism of a fairy godmother in a fairy tale. Do you get that? Do you get that vibe? Um, okay, so if I look at it as a fairy tale, and I did not look at this movie like a fairy tale at all. But but it if, is. It's if, all about... If, if I, if I look... Little... Well, hold on, because I'm going to ask you a question at the end. Okay. So if I look at it like a fairy tale, kind of, I could see where you would get there. Because she comforts her and like kind of guides her yes, along the way. Yeah, I, I get what I get where you're getting that. You're just supposed to say yes. You're right. <laughs> I I am gonna reserve judgment for the end. Okay, we kind of step into Ophelia's uh, shoes, like when she she's in this new house and she's sleeping in bed with her mother and she's like jumping all like kind of jumping because she's scared because of all the different noises and stuff. And after she falls asleep, the fairy comes back. And I have fairy in quotation marks. So the fairy ends up leading her through the labyrinth um, down into a pit. Would you call it a pit? It's the center of the labyrinth. I, I would have called it a pit. The now, pits come of on. despair. Come on now. What? How many horror movies have you seen? Would you go down there? Fuck no. Oh, yeah. It's fine. What could go wrong? <laughs> And this is when we are first introduced to the fawn. This mossy motherfucker here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love the way that they portray him, though. It, it's terrifying, but kind of beautiful in a dark way. Like, if that makes sense. Like, just because of the nature, nature-esque, like, he's made of roots, 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 <laughs> and, like roots. and moss, and, like, pure nature, but he's he just looks one with the earth. But he looks creepy as fuck. I, did, I was like, okay, we need to leave now. His fingers are so long and it was oh. weird. <laughs> but so we're introduced to him and he right away says, oh, you're Princess Moana of and tells her the story and everything. And the whole time I'm just thinking, Moana, make way. It. You need to watch it. It's, a lin it, it's on my list. I know, but... I was so happy that a quest was bestowed. Uh, of course. Because I love a good quest. Questing is fun. Fawn gives her three tasks. If a fawn gave you three tasks, what would you do? If it was this creepy motherfucking fawn, what would you do? This mossy motherfucker here. <laughs> this mossy motherfucker right here. Um, it depends on what the tasks were. Um, I think I would take the quest because I've played a lot of video games, Morgan, and... Uh, I know you always take the quest. But you, but like you just said, you don't, you said it would depend What's, on what the tasks were. It's but, fine. But you don't know what the tasks are. He gives you a blank book and then says, okay, go on this quest. Yeah, why not? I would, I would probably do it too. The worst case, I just don't do it anymore. <laughs> and she, we find out she has to have all these quests completed by the full moon, which is in a couple days. It sounds yeah. like, like within the week. The book that the Fongas or that Morgan referenced that was blank. When she gets back to the house and she opens it, it starts to show her her quest. And Morgan, the animations that were in the book that showed up were so awesome. That's another good representation of how good the CGI is in this movie. Because I don't know that a lot of movies now even have that. I feel like there was a lot of attention to detail paid. I know that sounds like something I say all the time, but I'm a stickler for good attention to detail. And there's a couple other scenes that happen in this movie that the awesome. the way it does like almost like the ink kind of 
splaying out. I don't know if splaying is the word I want, but like spreading out all over the place. Um, it actually really makes me think of in Harry Potter, the, the map, the map. And then also when they talk about the Deathly Hallows and everything and Hermione's reading the story of the three brothers and you have no idea what I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. Oh, the okay. Deathly Hallows. <laughs> okay. So it kind of makes me think of that, like how when a character is introduced, it like drops in and then kind of spreads out over the page. I don't know. I really liked the illustration, too. I thought that was cool. So she's got her quest and she's about to get started on that quest. But there's some slight complication with a dinner. Yes. Um, her father mm. is hosting a dinner for the doctor. Is it the doctor and the mayor? I, I didn't really catch who they people were, but yeah. I thought it was weird. Those are important people. Um, and her, relative. her mother gives her this absolutely beautiful dress. The green of that dress is like, if I have, ever have to have a fancy, beautiful dress, that's the color I want it to be. Um, but her mother gives her this dress that she made for her. And you can tell that they've never really had a lot. Can you hear me chewing? <laughs> Um, I'm, I, this is Morgan eating during our podcast, everybody. I just want everybody to know. I'm just eating candy. <laughs> she needs to begin her quest and she puts on the dress and goes to begin her quest. And I didn't exactly understand where she was going. Well, with. I didn't understand. Like, why did she have, like, why wouldn't she put the dress on right before the dinner? Because... I mean, yeah. even me right now as an adult, I'd be like, yeah, I cannot put that on till like the second before they get here because Correct. I'll spill something on it. I didn't even put on this, this distractorholic shirt <laughs> until right before because I was afraid I would spill something on it or I'd have big like sweat stains from moving stuff around in my house. But that's unimportant. I, I really dressed up for the occasion. <laughs> You're not wearing a distractorholic swag? No. Uh, item? I got to get you another t-shirt. She she goes diving face first into some fucking hole under a tree like some. Well, he tells her that she'll find a tree in the woods that's dying because an old massive toad is killing it, basically. And that she has to put these three stones in its mouth. And so, yeah, like you said, she's crawling down this horrible oh. muddy hole. The bugs. Yeah, and they're like giant roly-poly bugs crawling all over her. I don't think I'd have been able to keep up together. And then we meet the toad. He, he, um... He's a big boy. He, he is. He, mm, I was weirdly creeped out when he, uh, licks her. I guess hits her with the tongue. Thank you for the sound effect. And, uh, I don't know why. Cause it's gross. It's creepy and it's oh, like kind of... Really weird. Yeah, you don't know whether he's going to try and eat her or, like, you know. I, I don't know, but thank you. She uses her uh, wit. She uses her wit to come up with a way to get this toad to eat these stones. And he Which eats. Was? She puts a bug in her hand and says, here you go. I wish, it, clever. I wish it was that easy to get my dogs to take medicine. But he eats the stones. And what happens, Tyler? Didn't that motherfucker explode? He, like, every, his entire essence glob emerges. It, like, shoots out and then goes, like, this way. Yeah, and, like, his skin kind of just falls to the ground because his entire being isn't, he is basically showing how disgusting and nasty and full of filth he is. And Like most frogs. 
be nice to frogs. Um, but then she added this like gooey blob that is oh. now his rem remnants, um, <laughs> remains. Uh, she has to get a key out of. So she gets the golden key and heads out and her dress and her shoes are ruined. She kind she kind of gets lost in the woods. It's after dark and yep. she lost track of time, which would be easy to do if you were like a mile under a tree. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was waiting for a leprechaun to jump out and be like, this is my home, but, you know, <laughs> and then she'd have to shove a four leaf clover down its throat. Next part of the key quest. Yes. Because key quests are important. Sure. The fawn gives her a piece of chalk and says, draw some doorway and gives her a hourglass mm -hmm. and says, draw this doorway and you have to be back before the hourglass is over. And by the way, when you go to this magical world, don't eat anything. And I thought right away, I would fail. I'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, yeah, I don't think I could not eat. Especially like it's all these delicacies oh and stuff gosh. that she obviously doesn't have in this the aftermath right. of 19, the war. Whatever, nineteen forty yeah. or whatever. So she gets in and she sees the the pale the pale man monster, whatever. Pale monster. Mm -hmm. He's sitting at the head of the table, frozen in time, and she needs to take the key and get a dagger. Yes. And here's one of the things I noticed. Um, so all those paintings that are of the him, this monster mm -hmm. eating the children, he would have to have made those, right? Because who would make those in his house? Like he hired Picasso to come in and paint? Maybe. I doubt it. <laughs> and then did you see the pile of children's shoes? I think Maybe I did. The, yeah, the first time. Okay. So obviously he's he's eaten many children before. Yes. Like little, little details. Mm -hmm. Very cool. And what does she do, Morgan? She's on her, on way, her way back towards the door. Da -de -da -de -da. And then she pulls a Morgan and is like, <laughs> I'll just have one grape. I can't pop. I, I can't make that noise. It's okay. It's okay. Next, move on. And plops it into her mouth. And she's like, eh, I'll take another one. And, and she sits there and really enjoys those grapes. She does. And the fairies are trying to tell her to get a move on. The whole time. Yeah. And she's just swatting them away, as I would, too, if someone interrupted my eating. <laughs> and uh, the pale man comes alive behind her. He's creepy. It, he is one of the most horrifying creatures that you actually see completely in in a horror movie i think because i feel like a lot of horror movies you don't actually see always see the creature and that he's super gross and you don't have like a clear view of him like in the babadook and stuff you kind you only get like quick glimpses of them you mm -hmm. don't actually see them moving and this guy's moving pretty slowly so you see every aspect of him and he he's terrifying. And I thought the detail, the details of him and that you actually get to see the way he moves, how he puts his hands up to his eye sockets to see like I don't know, extremely, extremely creepy and very well done as far as creatures go. Guillermo del Toro is the uh, the master of monsters. We'll see. OK, so I didn't catch this okay. when she goes to draw a door. Mm -hmm. She I thought she just didn't want to make it. I thought she couldn't draw, redraw the door because she runs out of time. Mm -hmm. I thought she just couldn't redraw the door on the wall for whatever reason. She drew it on the ceiling, but she drew it there because she knew that it would be out of his reach. I didn't catch that. I read that later on, on the Reddit. Okay. Did you catch that? Because I, I definitely, that was completely over my head. I don't, I don't 
remember the I first time. I never even time. processed really why she did it. I just went, okay, the wall looks wet, so the chalk didn't work. Yeah, yeah. That's, and I, I don't think I'd be able to pull myself up out of a hole like that. Well, if you had done the Savage Race, Morgan, we'd know the answer to that. I already know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I would not have been able to pull myself up like that. The fawn. He's really pissed. He just cannot be satisfied. No. Mm -mm. So finds out that she messed up, says you failed. You're never getting another chance. History of it. Can we talk about her mother's death for a second? <sighs> yeah. If you recall, when the captain is talking to the doctor previously, like when they first find out that she's so sick, he says to the doctor, if you have to save someone, save my son. Yeah. He says it repeatedly. I yes. Believe. Yes. And so um, Ophelia and the captain are sitting in the hallway and I feel like the actress who played Ophelia did a really good job of showing anxiety and stuff on her face of waiting out in the hallway, not knowing what's going on, seeing all these servants go by carrying armloads of bloody sheets like yeah. she did. a. Nothing's really said in that time period, but you can just you can feel the anxiety of the situation. And then. All of a sudden, we hear a baby cry, and the doctor comes out and says, your wife is dead. Oh, wait a minute. Not the doctor, oh. because he shot the doctor. The oh, shit. I forgot about that. The troop uh, in infantry, like, medic yeah. person. Yeah. Because I, we, we found out that Mercedes and the doctor have been doing something on the side. Yes. They have been helping the rebels. And, um, yeah, I, for, I forgot about that. He shoots he shoots the he metaphorically shoots himself in his foot when he does this but he shoots the doctor right before carmen goes into labor and the doctor's there was, dead there was a lot of stuff going on in this movie yes simultaneously Sim simultaneously yeah simultaneously. it was a two-hour movie i'm like i'm like wow that's that's a long time but there was so much going on it didn't feel like a two-hour no it really it really doesn't because yeah and even though there's so many things going on it's still very cohesive yeah Oh, yeah, definitely. Ophelia is visited once again by the fawn who says, I'm going to give you a second chance because you screwed up the first time and I'm going to give you a second chance. And in that uh, tran transaction between transaction, I don't know, transaction, sure. Um, between them, he says, you have to do what I tell you. No questions asked. You ha you have to promise that you'll do everything I say. And I'm like, um, yeah. Don't ever promise anything without questioning everything. Always question everything, people. Question all the things, Tyler. I don't know. It depends how much I trust the person. So the phone comes back and, you know, let's give her the second chance, blah, 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 blah. And gives her the test that I was the most nervous about. It mm -hmm. says, go get your brother and bring him to me. And I went, mm-mm, this isn't going to go well. Because I know he's got the knife and now he wants this baby. So you put those two things together and you end up with a human sacrifice. Uh, yeah. And she does what he asks. Then we go into the labyrinth. Here's where I'm going to ask you a question. And I prom you got to promise not to be mad at me. Okay. So she gets all the way through the labyrinth and the fawn says, give me your brother. I just need to take uh, you know, a couple little drops of blood. And she says, no, mm -hmm. she's not going to let that happen to her brother. And I have a couple questions. Okay. One, Morgan, would you make that same decision? You're you're allegedly a princess. He just needs eh, a couple drops of blood. So he, so he says, I don't know. That's a hard decision to make because I really want to be a princess. No, because in the beginning, 
Mercedes, who I'm thinking of kind of, especially, and you have to think of it as being in Ophelia's world, like what she's living through is a fairy tale because we've seen how she cares about her books that are all fairy tales, all this stuff. And Mercedes, who to me is depicted as her fairy godmother, she tells her that her ancestors or whatever tell her not to trust fawns. So I think Ophelia is taking that into account and she's like, okay, someone who I trust and who has like proven that they're trustworthy to me tells me not to trust this guy who's kind of been shady this entire time. Um, all of a sudden says I failed the test and that I, I fucked everything up like I'm not allowed to be a princess. And then all of a sudden now he wants my brother for just a couple drops of blood. I don't think I trust him and I wouldn't want anyone hurting my sister. So fair. And then she fails the test. And then slit face. Then slit face. <laughs> oh, that's so her. clever. Yes. And what were your thoughts in this moment? This being the first time you watched it. So that was brutal. That was the first thing I thought because mm-hmm. usually you don't see kids die. In yeah. Movies. Yeah. Um, but you know what my first thought was, especially <laughs> when she starts having visions, Morgan. And here's where my question lies. Because oh, so sorry. Let me preface. So she starts to have visions of the underworld. Because it started off with saying that she was the princess of the underworld Mm -hmm. and that uh, she had actually passed the test because she didn't give up an innocent over herself. Yes. But you know know what my first thought was? None of this is real. She made all this up. This was all in her head as an escape from the situation she was in. To kind of cope as a coping. Yes, as a coping coping mechanism. And as she died, all the endorphins and the stuff released in the brain. And can I tell you what made me think that? Was Carmen sitting on the other throne? Because that wouldn't be... Yes, oh, it, it was. was. I, I, for a second, I got it, Carmen and Mercedes confused. Yeah, it wouldn't be her mother in the underworld. That would be her mother in the physical world. So it, it to me, it was her brain releasing all these. I mean, she's dying. So it's a vision of something as she's dying. So I thought this was all in her head all along. That, That's definitely something that crossed my mind. Um, I think you're supposed to be left to kind of wonder that. Um, but yeah, I thought that too, um, that she made it all up to get her through her tough times. And I think we see that a lot in stories that uh, children make up things to get them through hardships. And um, I could see that as one of these situations. So, uh, th- no, 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 you didn't answer my question. Okay. Do you think it's a real fairy tale? this was actually happening to Ophelia or it was all in her head? I don't know. Because I I could see it both ways. That Because I, de- I definitely did think, well, maybe she's, like you said, it was just a way for her to cope. And then as she's dying to kind of comfort her and ease her into death, her brain is like making all of her dreams come true to make her more peaceful. And like you see at the end, she's kind of smiling as she dies. So... I could see it being that way, but if she's also if she's the princess of the underworld, she technically has to die to get there. True, true. So okay, okay, can see it both ways. I said, okay, okay. <laughs> I I really think she was um, alive and she was made it all up. It was all in her head mm-hmm. because the situation she was in was complete crap. Yeah. Did you expect her to die? Yes. I and thought there was because because how they started the movie talking about how she needed to return to the underworld. Mm-hmm. I knew that she was going to die. I yeah. just didn't know how. I didn't expect her to be shot. I thought it was going to be what I thought was going to happen was she was going to sacrifice herself instead of her brother, which she did. 
I mean, yeah, I guess I was because I was right, but I just didn't think it was gonna be that way. Yeah. Um, I cried the first time I watched this. So I I kept it together. I didn't. I was. I wasn't that attached to the characters that I felt emotional. The best feeling I got was when the captain general guy walks back out of the labyrinth and then uh, Mercedes goes, um, your father, he'll never know your name of the son. Mm-hmm. Basically saying he'll never know that, that, that he ever existed. And then uh, he gets shot in the face. Yes. That was like the best part of the whole movie. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's the best part of the whole movie, but it was a good ending. <sighs> it was awesome. It was definitely a good ending for it. All right, the Distractaholics rating system. I don't know what that was. I'm sorry. It was brilliant. That's what it was. Okay, so as always, we have our different sections that we are reviewing to come up with a total score. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll glaze over those real very quickly. Uh, First up, we have story arc, whether it works, doesn't work. If it's plausible, could it happen? Not going to happen. The premise, is it something that's boring and overused or is it exciting? Entertainment value, not entertaining versus extremely entertaining. Uh, The identity and theme, not entertaining versus extremely entertaining. Intrigue, uh, does it teach you, make you think or form an emotional connection or you have no connection? The characters, are they multidimensional or bland? Performance, Morgan could do better, or they are Oscar-worthy. Storytelling, um, makes sense and flows, or it's kind of all over the place. The context, uh, does it go with the time and the storyline, or, again, way out of place. So, let's stop with the story, or start, let's stop with the story. Yes, we should stop (laughs) and then review those, because I forgot them all. All right, so story arc. This is one through five. Quattro. Four. All right, let me write this down so I can math it afterwards. Plot. Is it plausible or no way in hell? Because it's a fair... This is such a hard question for fantasy movies. So I would have said it's like a... If I take the fantasy away, which... Because I don't... I believe it was all in her head. I would give it probably a three. Okay. Yeah, because like... Yeah, it's plausible that if it is all in her head, like, it could be a story that a kid makes up to cope. I mean, sure. Uh, The premise of the movie, is it boring, overused, or very exciting? So, when I looked at it from a war movie aspect, I would have said it was overused. There's been a ton of war movies. But because it's a war movie tied with a revolution, tied with a fairy tale, tied with a really brave death, Mm -hmm. I'd give it a five. Yeah, I I would definitely give it a five for that. I... It's at least something that I haven't come across before with all those intertangled, oh, yeah. like, sub-genres. Uh, next, we have entertainment value. Extremely entertaining or not entertaining? So, there were moments in this movie I was actually a little bit bored. Mm-hmm. I'd give it a three. Okay. And then identity, the theme identity five it's got to be a five right this is so unique like yes i agree intrigue it teaches us something makes us think or form we form an emotional connection so i didn't like i said i did not form that much of an emotional connection with any of the characters even ophelia um but i was kind of attached to the journey she was on Mm -hmm. and it, it it teaches you something and it and it did make you think 
whether did she really die or yeah. is this all like or did I, she become a princess or is it all in her head? I'm somewhere between a three and a four, Morgan. I'll take your judgment. We're going with a four then. Okay. Uh, the characters. I thought they were Oph- multi-dimensional. Ophelia, the the child actress, so good. She did a really good job. I'm giving it a five. Okay. Uh, the performance. Can, can I can I question your five and get you to bring it down to a four? For, okay. So this is whether the characters were. This isn't the act like the actors. Okay. This okay. is the characters. Okay. I'm good. And then now we have performance, which is the actors themselves okay i would say four only because i felt like ophelia was carrying like i don't know what it was about carmen i just didn't think she was that great of an actress you can disagree with me Eh, she didn't she didn't do terribly but now the captain also was a pretty good actor yeah Uh, but i i would say four uh storytelling did it make sense and flow yeah um yeah i'd give it five yeah because we talked about how it had all these different Different things going on, but it was still very cohesive. Intertwined. So, yeah. And then lastly, we have context of the dialogue. Um, was the dialogue kind of all over the place, or did mm-hmm. it go with nope. the storyline? Excellent. Five. Okay. Yeah. Even, even like those speeches he gives when he's about to torture those people, like all that stuff felt so... Mm, yeah, it was good. Scary. Okay. So, on our Distractaholics scale, it got 43 out of 50, which is an 86%. That's pretty good. Yeah. But I don't... I think we pretty much covered Pan's Labyrinth. It, it was a great watch. Um, it's very... It, I, it's very original, and it is... It, it's... I don't... Would you consider it horror? I don't... A horror fairy tale? Is that a thing? I don't I, even... I did consider it horror. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely put it in somewhere in the horror category because there's some monsters involved. And mm-hmm. I don't think that horror always has to be monsters, serial killers. I think right. it can also be like fear. Mm-hmm. And the captain's a little scary. Yeah. So uh, is if you haven't checked it out and you've already listened through, check it out. Like we did say, there is um, some gore, violence. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can catch it on the Netflix. Yes, it is on Netflix. Um, but let us know what you think of the movie. Uh, is, do you agree with our rating? Do you disagree? Uh, leave us a comment as always. Um, Tyler, let's finish up with what is distracting you this week or what has been. What has been distracting me this week? Uh, I've got some furniture to assemble for my home. Lots of furniture to assemble actually. And I've been doing some running less than I should be, but still proud of it. Didn't you just, uh, hit a hit a PR with your distance this past weekend? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Morgan is wanting me to reveal information um, that I just ran 16 miles, which yeah. is the longest I've ever run. Um, the longest before that was like 13.3 or 4, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, was cramping up really bad, so I had to stop. I would have actually gone further. I think I could have done it lung-wise. Which was cool. So I was pretty happy. I think I kept my happiness in check. My excitement in check. Yeah. But but more importantly, Morgan, because no one's coming here to listen to me. What has been distracting you? I have been all over the place. Uh, well, we both had friends come up from Alabama to visit. And yes. so we were visiting with them. Um, that's why we didn't do an episode last week. Uh we had a nice fire. That was that was nice. We did. It was nice. We ate and some s'mores. 
We had and ice pizza. cream. Oh, yeah, and pizza, of and course. Pizza. And I, ate, I ate the whole remainder of that pizza in one day. I ate a piece on the way home and then two pieces the next day. <laughs> so we're good. We're good. Uh, I planted a garden for the first time ever. So what? Why are you just revealing this information to me now? The picture was on our Instagram. <laughs> oh, yes, the Instagram I definitely checked. Yes. Yeah. Um, I've been doing some, what'd you call it? Woodcrafting? Palette crafting? I don't know. Uh, trying to make, make some fun things. Uh, I've been listening to American Gods by Neil Gaiman on Audible. Mm -hmm. If you haven't checked out Audible, you totally should because it's awesome. What else? I've been doing running as well. Do you have any exciting news? I have a job. Besides this. (laughs) Woo! And for future reference, all op- opinions and comments that I make are a reflection of myself and not the company I work for. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's been a pretty good week. Uh, trying to think of what else. So that's that's all. That's all, folks. Where, where can people find us again? Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Email us distractaholics at gmail.com and give us suggestions on what else you want us to cover um like i said weather's getting better hopefully we're gonna be out doing some activities here soon give us some ideas we'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback and stay distracted everybody we're all set yeah okay aloha i think it means hello and goodbye it does ciao avita and all those good bad things bye love you So as it turns out, Hellboy was not actually streaming anywhere that we had ready access to, so we decided to watch the 2013 movie The Conjuring instead, so check that out for next week.